Hello and welcome to another edition of Deeper. And it is great to have with us today, Emily. Hello. Hello. <laughs> For those who don't know, Emily is our uh, children's and youth pastor here at Christchurch. And uh, it is great to have her join us. Normally, you're, you are a lot on screen, aren't you? Because you're just recording so much. I I am. I'm now like CBBs, but feel like I've been brought up to the level of um, BBC News today. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You're now on the serious bit. Yeah. Adult bit. Yeah. So uh, Emily's going to help us talk through uh, the passage from Sunday, which is Jeremiah 29 verses 4 to 9. Uh, and it would be fantastic if you read that now, just so that you know what it's all about. So if you'd like to press pause, read Jeremiah 29 verses 4 to 9, and then restart the video. Fantastic. So uh, if you saw um, the sermon on Sunday, you'll know that it's also based around um, our vision for Christchurch. And I just want to, before we carry on, if this is okay, Emily, I'm going to read uh, the part of the vision that uh, I base from the talk on. So let me just read it for you. We are a church at the heart of Southport with a heart for Southport. Our desire is to play our part in giving the people of Southport a hope-filled future. We want to work with others in building effective bridges between church and community to foster relationships with people of different generations, cultures and backgrounds, whether they have some religious faith or not. Our vision is that we might impact Southport with God's unconditional love and transforming power. So uh, did you enjoy listening to the sermon? You've got to say yes, because I'm your boss. <laughs> I, no, I, I really did. Um, got loads from it. Listened to it, obviously, twice so that I could help, you know, with this. Yeah. Um, wrote loads of notes. Um, and, yeah, there's a lot of application that um, you can get from five verses. There was a lot in there. There always is, though, isn't there? Whenever we pick out a passage, there always seems to be so much in the passage that we can draw on. Yeah. So let's get into this passage. Let's. Um, before we start, is there anything that uh, that either struck you or you want to ask about in this passage before we go through verse by verse? Right. First question is, why were they sent to Babylon? What did they do? Okay. Yeah. That's a good question, isn't it? Because... Uh, and this 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 kind of whole idea of um, Israel being sent to Babylon has come up a lot unintentionally over the last months. Um, but what they were doing is uh, they had started to worship other gods, particularly Baal. Uh, but they had also, uh, and Jeremiah talks about this in chapter thirty-five, um, they'd also started to wor worship Molech which involved the sacrifice of their children. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. as a youth and children's pastor, I assume you don't agree with that kind of... I, <laughs> I, no, I don't agree with that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, good. Good. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, check out Jeremiah 35. And he talks specifically there about how at least some of the Israelites were sacrificing their children to Molech. So uh, this has gone on for a long time, and they've been warned and warned and warned, um, and eventually God sends them off to Babylon. It kind of feels like God sent them for a bit of time out. Yeah. Have a little think about what you've done. 
And the thing is, it, it didn't happen quickly. It happened over um, quite, a, probably almost 10 years. That, oh, really? um, so Babylon invaded them twice, each time taking off a whole bunch of people. Uh, and uh, this is probably um, after the second time, the passage is after the second time. And so now a huge proportion of Israel have been taken off into exile. Uh, still left some people in Israel, obviously yeah. Jeremiah. Uh, and what we're reading is a letter from Jeremiah to the exiles in Babylon. Yeah. And probably maybe about two years after the second invasion of Babylon. That's good knowledge, that, isn't it? That is that good is. Well yeah. done. You can tell you've gone to theological college. Well I know. done. I know. I've just got <laughs> good books I read. So uh, let's go through it verse by verse, first of all. Yeah. Um, Let's check out verse four. Um, what strikes you there, Emily, in verse four? Well, it's the fact that they have been sent away, um, which seems quite drastic um, because, but at the same time, it does feel like a very drastic go away and have a think about what you've done. Um, but also taking them all out of the place mm. that was causing them to go against God. Yeah. Um, so it feels like a little bit like the naughty step. It's quite but... a big and tall naughty step. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it is fascinating that, you know, he says, I carried you off to, to Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they could just say, well, it's Nebuchadnezzar, he's a big bad guy, he came into it, but God's saying, look, I did this. You know, yeah. this is not this is not just a bad turn of events. This is not just some unfortunate circumstance. This is judgment. I yeah. carried you off. Um, and I, I don't know why they didn't listen to what the prophets were saying. Yeah. Maybe they just thought, God would never do that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, because a lot of us have a, you know, an idea of God that he's a, you know, big softy, really. And he'll just, he'll love me no matter what. But here it's, this is harsh. Absolutely. Because yeah. it wasn't like just for 10 minutes. No. That they'd gone away. This was like 70 years. Yeah. And we read that in verse 10, don't we? It's that yeah. God says this is going to be for 70 years. So, you know, get your act together. Yeah. Yeah. And then in verses uh, five and six, there's this whole kind of section about what they're to do there. Yeah. And this is fascinating, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, when I was reading it, um, like the build houses and live in them, like, you know, plant, plant gardens and eat their produce. It's like God saying, like you're going to be there for a while. So um, I will come back to take you home. But for the time being, this is your home. Mm. Um, and I am placing you here for such a time as this. Yeah. Um, there's no kind of like, oh, just, just wait and see what happens. Like there's quite strict instructions as to get on with life. Mm. Um, is is what I see. Um, yeah, and 
there's lots of different P's that come up for me in this. And the first one is this is where they've been placed. Yeah. That's so important, isn't it? That, you know, we, I think we all need to understand. And we see that here, you know, you, God's brought these people to Babylon and it's very specific and very intentional and where you are is where God's placed you. Yeah. And you know, that's what, that, that's what they hadn't got their heads around. Yeah. And I think that's why he needed to be probably so blunt in the instructions, mm. of build houses. Yeah. Like none of this tent malarkey, like you're going to be here for a while. Um, none of this, like buy food from other people. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, plant your own because you're going to be here for a while. That's right. And, and we'll get onto it in a moment, but it's contrary to what other people and other prophets have been saying. So yeah. this is this is quite a stark contrast that Jeremiah is bringing to the people of Israel. Um, and what was the, what were the other piece? Because it's so place. So it's placed, yeah. and yeah. then the other one that I had was purpose. Mm. So um, really, their purpose was to build the houses, to plant gardens, and to marry and have lots of babies. Yeah. So that was their purpose that yeah. they were given. Basically, was don't stop living. Just yeah. keep like this. What, your- what I like about that is, uh, you know, God says to them, don't decrease in number, increase in number. Yeah. And, and it's like he's already looking forward to 70 years time when he sends yeah. them back home. You know, he doesn't want them to go back home a kind of weakened, impoverished people. He wants them to go back home stronger. Yeah. And that is the whole point of judgments. Not that we are punished, but that we're able to come back stronger. Yeah. Um, and that, that's what God intended here for the people of Israel. That, you know, their purpose was to grow and to strengthen uh, and to multiply. Um, and that, 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 was, that was a long-term future. That was for the next 70 years that they had to do that. So it's kind of weird thinking that there would have been children born mm. within Babylon. That I would well and truly turn around to my parents and be like, what did you do? Yes. <laughs> You're a bad person. <laughs> but within it, like, like you say, God had that plan for those 70 years to mm. become stronger in so many different ways. And those children would have been a part of that. Yeah, that's right. Purpose and placed there as well. And you'd hope that they would also be spiritually stronger because of all of that um, and come back ready to rebuild the nation around God. So was there another P? There was, which was provision. Mm. So like when he says, um, like, Plant your, gar- plant your gardens and it's like eat, eat the produce so there's the provision of food uh, there's, this sounds so bizarre there's provision of wives mm-hmm. um, you know let's not be sexist yeah you know um, and actually there was the provision of this is home mm-hmm. for now um, 
so when I was looking at this in my Bible, the translation, it says, um, I mean, it's further on when it's looking at how we should pray, but it's about welfare. Mm. Um, and I looked at what that meant, because I like to know definitions of stuff. Um, and welfare is looking at like health mm. and happiness and prosperity. And I, I feel that that's also the provision yeah. that God has given mm. at that time. Yeah. And it's easy to think is that, that simply because they were being judged, that in some way God was absent from them, but he wasn't. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, he was still providing for them. Um, and I think those three Ps are an important way of understanding what judgment's all about here. Um, so let's get on to that next verse, verse 7. Yeah. Uh, so they are told to... Uh, seek the welfare or the Hebrew words is shalom. Shalom. Uh, that word that Rob Milton loves. He loves shalom. Yeah, he does. Um, and of course it is, it's it's welfare, it's prosperity, it's health, it's peace, it's all of those things, isn't it? Um, and that that that's a seek it, you know, that's actively seek it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's important because especially when you think of like the verses five and six. They are full of verbs, those verses. Yeah. Things to do. You know, don't just sit back. This is not a time to simply be kind of, I don't know, lazy or... Moping. Yeah, or moping. Yeah. You know, this is time to be proactive. Yeah. uh, And you have to be proactive in seeking the welfare, the shalom of the city. Um, And so they are called to do that. And, you know, you could imagine them thinking... Well, you know what? If we bring about the downfall of Babylon, we'll get home earlier. Yeah. And yet, it's this is the opposite. God saying, "No, no, no, no. This is not how we do things. What we do is we seek the welfare of where we live." Yeah. And, and that's so powerful for me. There's um, uh, a verse I've got it here in Proverbs 11. It says, "Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted." And I love that, that through the uh, through the blessing, the active participation of those who are righteous, that's when a city gets lifted up. Yeah, um, and that's you and me. Yeah, yeah. No, I really like that. It's such a great. And then um, obviously it says pray. Pray. Yeah. And I think that's so key. In obviously, like you said in the sermon. Um, it's key to our our personal relationship with God, but also seeing breakthrough yeah. within the place that we have been placed. That's right. Um, and also knowing our purpose and provision. Um, so, and I love the fact that you brought out, um, like praying in secret. Because mm. um, I was thinking about like, obviously um, Jesus says like, come to um, Father in secret. And I was thinking if I was to pour out my heart to say my dad, yeah, person, I would not do that on a stage. <laughs> no. But, like, it would be a bit weird and a bit awkward, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like everyone gag in on what I'm about to say. Mm. Like, actually, my hopes and dreams 
aspirations, my worries, my insecurities, like that's going to be a conversation that I have one-to-one with my dad. Um, And absolutely the same with my heavenly dad. Mm, Exactly. Um, And, you know, this is, should be a heart cry Mm. out there where we're placed um, and having that shalom and yeah. like pouring that out and um, declaring that and um, yeah, welfare, prosperity, everything. Mm. That's right. And you know, the, I mean, when, when I preached around that, it was because, you know, we are all isolating and all those kind of things and we can't go out much. Um, but it, it really struck me that, you know, when, Whenever in scripture it talks about prayer, it's never the event. It's not the big event thing, which we focus on a lot at the moment. Let's have, at the very least, let's have a prayer meeting. Uh, Certainly in scripture, it is all done in a secret place. Mm. And it's no good, I think, doing the big event if we're not doing the secret place as well. Yes. You can do the secret place and not have the event. Yeah. But having the event without the secret place is, is pointless, I think. Because we're, we're simply going after something else other than the heart of God. Yeah. Because we're after the experience. Because it's great, isn't it, when you get a whole bunch of people all praying the same thing? You know, it's a, I, I, personally, I find it a real buzz. I know some people think that's weird, but I find that a real buzz. Um, but it is in a secret place that we actually start to hear the whispers of God on how we should pray. Yeah. Let's get on to verses 8 and 9, because there's a bit of a change there, isn't there? Yes. Um, so uh, what seems to have been happening is that um, other prophets had been saying to the exiles, don't worry, Babylon's going to collapse in a couple of years. It's all going to go pear-shaped uh, and you'll be sent home. And, um, and of course, everyone was believing that. Yeah. You would, know, wouldn't you? If you'd been sent into exile from your home, you, that, they're the words you want to hear. Oh, Absolutely. Like, you know, everyone currently wants to hear, you can go out and do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But we know that's not the right thing to do. Or they want to hear, it's all just a hoax. (laughs) It's not as bad as they say, you know. We would all love to believe that, but it's not, you know, it's it's not true. So you can can kind of understand why they're listening Mm -hmm. to that, because that's what they're really hoping for. But obviously Jeremiah's like, no, mm. that's not of God. Um, I didn't send them. I love that. It's just like straight to the point. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to just thinking about the application of some of this. And so yeah. let's, let's spend a few moments going wider. So, Emily, uh, why don't you start? What, what do you see as some of the application here for, for those who are watching this video? What, what kind of things we need to pick up on? Um, I think for me, uh, one of the main ones is place. Like God has placed you where you are mm. for such a time as this. Um, and someone that has moved around many a times. Like, I truly believe that every place that I have been in at that time is where God has wanted me to be, but for that time as well. 
Um, so actually, the place that you are, love it. Um, the place that you are, invest mm-hmm. in it. Um, don't take it for granted. Um, don't think that uh, you sh- should be somewhere else yourself because you know the grass isn't always greener exactly i mean some places are probably easier to live in Mm. um but actually god has a plan and a purpose for you for where you are Mm. and for us as a church that is self-port like we can be overwhelmed by the whole like a whole town Whereas there are plenty of us in Christchurch mm. to be able to impact the whole of Southport. So start with your street. Yeah. Where you are. Like um, me and Paul have uh, bought a house. Um, and like I have been walking up and down that street um, just praying. Yeah. Yeah. For that street. I, I'm I'm hoping that no one thinks I'm a slight stalker. Um and like, oh gosh, that woman's back. Yeah, yeah. They'll report you to the police. Yeah. Yeah. But just praying or beforehand and saying, God, like, let your kingdom come. Mm. Like, how God are you going to use us in this place yeah. on the street? Um, how can we shine for you? How can we share your love with the people on this street? Mm-hmm. So I think if people are like, what do I do? Like, start with your next door neighbor, start with your streets. And if we all do that, then pretty much we're doing quite well. Because yeah, right. in the end, yeah, what, what we're talking about is people. Yeah. And if you can change just one person's life, mm. then you've changed something in Southport. Yeah. And if enough of us keep doing that, then you start to change Southport. You know, and the whole then, domino effect as well. Yeah. Just yeah. changing that one person. If they change another person, like, yeah. It, it just blows up. It has an exponential effect. You know, it's a bit like the virus, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> we need to have an infection rate of more than one, you know, so that it exponentially grows. Yeah. Uh, we all understand that now, don't we? Yeah. Um, but I think you know, part of the problem is that uh, for me, as I, I see some things, you know, that um, Christians don't always value where they are. Mm. It's almost like, you know, well, I know where I'm going to be. Yes. You know, and where I am is almost irrelevant. And in some ways it is irrelevant, you know, but where you are is also the most important thing at the same time. Yeah. Because where you are is the place where you minister. Yeah. That is where you will be salt and light. You can't be salt and light anywhere else other than where you live. It's really hard to do that. You know, so like I know for you, when you got this job, the first thing you said to me is, all right, I'll move to Southport. Even though you only live down the road in Formby. Yeah. You moved to Southport because you wanted to invest in the place. Um, yeah. And and want to love the community and love Southport and love the people of Southport you know yeah I'm the children's and youth pastor but like I want to say hello to the old lady down the road and say yeah. a smile yeah. on the face and have those conversations with neighbours and 
for me that's something that's been really important is where God has said to go actually I I go okay I'm all in yeah um yeah exactly because when you find your place that's when you find your purpose yeah you know and sometimes you get the purpose first and then you find a place but I think sometimes it's the other way around yeah when you find your place then you find your purpose yeah yeah and I think another thing that is really um like has come from this for me is like the whole they could have easily just waited for 70 years I mean that's a long wait Mm -hmm. but you know we we are in a period of waiting currently but like we should be active yes like there's no point sitting on our backsides not doing anything exactly yeah we can further the kingdom of god by just smiling at people and saying thank you and by that you're building up relationships with people so that when we're allowed out more than one hour a day um, we can invite them around to our houses and stuff like that exactly yeah anyway i think yeah i I talked on sunday about investing into the town Uh, and to me that is 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 a number of things you know it is about how you how you spend your money but it's also about how you spend your time, you yeah. know, and how you use that time to make connections to people in the town. Uh, it's about attitude. You know, it's also about kind of uh, finding the places that you can be to make a difference. You know, yeah. let's face it, town, the town is full of, well, it used to be, I don't know if it still is, it's full of all sorts of kind of clubs and societies and groups that you can join where you can go and connect and make a difference and invest in this town in some way. Um, that's, that is for me, just like an important part of what it means to be a Christian. Yeah. Cause that's what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus didn't come down as God and just say from a distance, right? I want you all to follow me. And it's all going to be groovy. You know, he came and lived amongst us as uh, the message says he moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. And that is just the most powerful message ever that jesus the son of god moved into and lived amongst us uh, and that's how we should be and i know there are lots of people in christ church who are doing that and doing a fantastic job um and others perhaps who who could develop that a lot more you know i know i can still develop it a lot more for me the the word that constantly constantly keeps coming up recently is the word hope Mm. um and just praying that hope like just invades Southport like to see smile uh, smiles on people's faces to see laughter um so that's like what I intentionally pray for um and that God's kingdom comes and that's what's in our um you know that that kind of bit at the beginning of our vision you know we want to we want everyone in Southport to have a hope-filled future yeah you know and um and that covers lots of things. Uh, but yeah, to pray for hope. I think also, you know, in, in this passage, it says, you know, pray for shalom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I loved, you know, I really loved uh, Rob's thing about shalom. Where he talked about uh, prosperity for all, social justice, personal integrity. Pray those three things for Southport. Yeah. That would be enough, you know? Uh, and let's pray also for the outpouring of the Spirit of God. Mm. 
I think also uh, just picking up on, on one other um, application, um, and that's discernment. You know, in that passage, it's quite clear that the people of Israel have been listening to the wrong people. Yeah. Even though they claimed to speak in the name of God, they was they were they had nothing to do with God. Um, and I think more more than ever in these days right now, we need discernment. Yes. You know, because there's so much, you know, that's fake news or fake fake news. And, you know, it's it's, it's just crazy out there in the moment. Um, and, you know, you've seen it in America. Yeah. You know, how many evangelical Christians were, you know, basically saying Trump was God's anointed. That, that to me is they heard what they wanted to hear from Trump and were completely blind to other things. Um, and, you know, we need to show more discernment than that. And you only get discernment by studying scripture, listening to the Holy Spirit, praying in a secret place, but also added to that, being accountable to the church and what you think and believe as well. Yeah. Uh, because uh, it's no good just saying, all I need is scripture. Well, actually, no, you need to be challenged in your understanding of Scripture. Yeah. Every single one of us reads Scripture through filtered glasses. Mm-hmm. You know, and that filter is our fears, our experience, our ambitions, our desires. Uh, all of those things shape what we read. Yeah. Uh, and actually, we, we learn to understand Scripture best in community. So should we think about some um, questions for people? Yes, let's. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to go a little bit further. Uh, So my first question is, how can you grow in your love for Southport? Uh, Because that just doesn't happen by accident. You know, you have to be intentional with that. So uh, how can you grow in your love for Southport is the first question. My question is, how can you intentionally pray for Southport? Yeah. Yeah. What are the things that you think should be prayed for? And and how can you make more time for it, I guess? Mm. A bit like you, but how can you intentionally do the things that you normally do, but also add in prayer? Mm. Yeah. Um, Okay. Third question. Uh, What do you think are the needs of Southport? right now yeah uh, and what do you think they'll be at some point post-pandemic uh, and the follow-on from that really is what are you going to do about them yeah. you know don't be waiting for others to act what are you going to do because those verses that we read were full of verbs on the things that people should do what will you do yeah uh fourth question have you got a fourth question emily I'm struggling on a fourth one. (laughs) Another one. Uh, So I think my fourth one would be how can you grow into sermons so -hmm. that you can hear God better? Um, And that might be about studying scripture. It might be about being in community with others, you know, like joining in a missional community. Emily, thank you for joining me on this. Thank you for your time. Uh, And thank you for all that you're doing for all our kids and teenagers. I know you're doing a fantastic job. And uh, it's for those who haven't watched any of the stuff that Emily does, I would encourage to watch it. It is great. It's not just me. There's a big, big team that are, are incredible. So, yeah.
Great. Thank you, Emily. So do please join us on Sunday. We will be online. Uh, we're obviously not in the church building at the moment. Uh, and then join us again next week for deeper. So thank you and stay safe. Bye now. Bye.